God's people said. Amen. Amen. Get your Bibles and turn me to Psalm 78. You take all the time you need at the altar. We'll never rush the altar. You can use it any time you want to. You'll never bother me coming to the altar even while the preaching is going on. I found out this. When God's talking to me, that's when we need to talk to Him. And all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Psalm 70, 78. Let's pray that God has his way today. I, I, I believe I have the word for today. Now we just need the anointing. We need that unction that's talked about in the New Testament. That's that touch from God. That's that, uh, the move of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. I am glad to be in God's house today. There's a whole lot of places we could be. Uh, there's a whole lot of alternatives that the devil will try to offer, but I'm glad that this is the place. This is the Lord's day and this is where we need to be. Amen? Uh, it's, it's, the psalmist says, uh, I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I want to do that today. Psalm 78. Uh, we're going to begin reading in verse number 12. Verse number 12. So look up verse number 12. And we're going to start there. <clears throat> I, want to, I want to say today, uh, this has been a long week. It's probably uh, one of the most difficult weeks of my ministry as far as I can remember. And, uh, and I know sometimes when, when, when things are going rough, when things are difficult, uh, when things are hard, how many of y'all know it seems like the, it's almost like the devil's voice is louder than God's? And it, sometimes it's, it, it, it's easier to listen to him than it is to the Lord. I mean, the Bible says the Lord speaks in a still, small voice, but it says the lion is, or the devil is as a, what kind of lion? A roaring line, a roaring line. And sometimes that roar can sound louder than that still, small voice. But I'm glad that still, small voice has more power than a roaring line. So we're going to listen to the Lord today and, and, and hear what he has to say. Uh, Psalm, how many, let me say this, just a little survey, just a little survey. How many of y'all really need to hear some encouragement from the Lord this week? Would you raise your hand? Good, good. Well, I, 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 that gives me confirmation I am where I'm supposed to be. We're kind of taking a little detour from the series we've been doing. And uh, we're just going to take one day and just, just try to encourage one another. Amen. Let's look in Psalm 78 and verse 12. What's that first word? Marvelous. Say it again. Marvelous. 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 I, I, I got my 1828 English dictionary out, Webster's Dictionary, and looked up that word marvelous. And the translator, he, he said it well. The word means wonderful. It means that which exceeds natural power or doing the improbable. And what he's saying here, when he uses the word marvelous, he's saying there's things that God did that only God could do. In other words, this is not something that we could work up. This is not something that man could do in his own talent or his own ability. This is a marvelous thing. This is something that only God could do. If you're with me, say amen. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. This is talking about all the plagues and all the miracles that God performed in Egypt before they came out in the Exodus. When they did come out, the Bible says in verse 13, he divided the sea and caused them to pass through. He made the waters to stand as a heap. Now this is not just some, some easy feat to happen. This water had to spread in such a way and stand up in such a way that over a million people had to cross over on dry ground. Are y'all with me? 
Can you imagine being one of those little fellas coming out of Egypt, one of those little Jewish boys, and, and walking along his mother, maybe holding his mother's hand, and walk down into that sea and look on one side and this big wall of water just standing up. And on this side, another big wall of water just standing up. Can you imagine what that little fella thought? Say amen. But that's what God did. It says they stood up one on either side. It says in verse 14, In the daytime also he led them with a cloud. And all the night with a light of fire, he clave the rocks, he split the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink as out of great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused rivers of water to run down. What does that mean? I, I, was, I was in Christian school and early education and, 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 and Sunday school when I was a little kid. And, and I imagine Moses, when, when, when he brought water out of a rock, I, I always just had in my head that it's like a water fountain. You know how a water fountain has this little stream of water coming up? And man, it was a miracle. There was water come out the rock. But in order to give a million people water, you better have more than a water fountain. Say amen. This was not just a trickle of water. This was a rushing, roaring river of fresh water coming out of a rock. Are y'all with me right there? You say, what is that? It's something marvelous. Marvelous. Look what it says. It says in verse number uh, 17, And they sinned yet more against him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. And they tempted God in their heart by asking me for their lust. Here's, here's where we're going to uh, take our thought from today. Verse 19. Yea, they spake against God, and they said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Can God, say that with me. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smote the rock that the waters rushed out, and the streams overflowed. But can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the faithful people that are here today. Father, I pray that you'll speak to their hearts. Give them exactly what they stand in need of. God, give me the anointing. God, give me the unction of the Holy Spirit to deliver your word today. And God, I'll thank you and I'll praise you and give you glory and praise and honor for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> here we have a group of people who are slaves. They have been slaves all of their life. All they can remember is bondage. All they can remember is slavery. All they can remember is the whips of the, of the slave drivers on their back and the, and the pitiful conditions that they lived in. All of their life, they dreamed of freedom. All of their life, they dreamed of deliverance. They dreamed of a place where they could be free. They dreamed of a land, listen, that was different than where they were. God sent a man by the name of Moses to come. And Moses came and delivered the word and said, Hey, God said, we're getting out of here. So here they are. They are encouraged. Here they are. They are excited. Here they are. We're finally going to leave this bondage. We're finally going to leave this land of suffering and sorrow. We're finally going to get out of here. And y'all know the story. I, I want to shorten it up a little bit. But y'all know how God brought the plagues and all of the miracles that God performed. And then all of a sudden Pharaoh says, hey, get out of here. Y'all leave here before Egypt is totally destroyed. And here comes Moses leading the way. Here comes the nation of Israel victorious and triumphant coming out of Egypt, coming out being delivered out of their bondage which is a type 
of the, listen, the Christian being saved and delivered from his life of sin, delivered from the bondage of sin. Do you remember the day when Jesus came into your life? Do you remember the day when somebody told you that every sin you ever committed, everything you've ever done in your life could be forgiven and you could be delivered from your bondage. You could be delivered from your past. You could be delivered from all the things that's been holding you down. Do you remember the day that you laid your burden down at the altar and said, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my transgressions. Take my sin away. Do you remember the day that he, re- listen, he lifted that burden off of your soul? Do you remember the feeling that you got the day you got saved? Do I got any help in the house today? Oh, what a wonderful, what a wonderful experience that is. What a wonderful thing to know that I've been forgiven. As the song said, that I've been redeemed. I'm not the man that I used to be. I am different. I am changed. Jesus loves me. This I know. Well, the Bible tells me so. What a great thing to know. Boy, you leave walking this high off the ground knowing that you're different, knowing that you're saved, knowing that your name is in the Lamb's book of life, knowing life is never going to be the same. It's going to be different now. And then all of a sudden, you run into a problem. Y'all with me? And, 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 and the first thing you're thinking is what in the world? I'm saved. It's not supposed to be this way. Hey, God, he's supposed to, y'all with me? So here the nation of Israel is out here in the middle of nowhere. They are in the wilderness. I'm not saying they've gone to a small country town. They've gone to nowhere. They're in the middle of nowhere. There is nothing out here. It is the wilderness. There is no food. There is no water. There is no nothing. And it seems like God has delivered us and now he's abandoned us. Have you ever felt that way? Times when you think, and I didn't think it was supposed to be this way. I thought once you got saved, everything was fixed. And I thought once you got saved, everything, God was just going to, it was going to be easy from here. How many of y'all remember the day you realized that wasn't the truth? And then here comes the devil. Here comes the devil doing what he does the best. And we know how he operates by going all the way back to the Garden of Eden. When, when Eve was in the Garden of Eden, uh, uh, he came and, and he, 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 he came to seduce her and to get her to sin and to, and to be disobedient. And, and the way he did that was he said, Yea, this is, his, this is his phrase in the King James, Yea, hath God said. Are you sure that's what God said? Are you sure? That's what he said. I tell you what. I'll be honest with you. Hey, it's not. It's not that that's going to be bad for you. It's it's all right to eat that fruit. God just doesn't want you to be as smart as He is. And if you eat that fruit, you're going to be like God. You know what the devil does? He does his very best to get you to doubt His word. It is His mode of operation to get you to doubt Him. Because if you doubt Him, you will disobey Him. If you doubt him, listen, you're not going to trust that he is who he said he is. And y'all know what happened. Eve disobeyed. Here we are in the shape we're in. And so now, listen, the the children of Israel, they begin to get hungry. Listen, the hunger pains begin to hit them. And here they are. Yes, they're delivered. 
Yes, they are out of bondage. Yes, they are out of Egypt. But here we are in the middle of nowhere, and we have nothing to eat. We have nothing, no kind of substance. And the devil starts whispering in their ear, Can God help you now? How many of y'all can relate to that? How many of y'all have been in the places in your life when you've gotten in a big mess or something has happened, and God comes and says, Hey, where's God at now? Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Can God fix this situation? Can God? And he's trying to produce doubt in the midst of your difficulty. You see, that's not the only time he does that. I think about, I think about the widow of Zarephath who Elijah came to. She has just a little meal left over. And the, and the prophet says, you fix a cake for me and then you fix it for you. And God, listen, it's going to be all right. And I can imagine as the devil saying, hey, can God help you? We're in a desert time. We're in a desperate time. We're in a time of famine. Can God fix your situation? Well, I tell you what, at the end of the famine, when it was all said and done, and God fed her and her family and the prophet the whole time and brought them out safe and miraculous, I believe she stood up and said, devil, I found out God can. I believe David. I love reading the stories in the Bible. I believe little young David. Listen, young David comes and hears this, 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 this uh, uh, battle in array. You have Philistines on one side of a valley. Then you have the Israelites on the other side of the valley. And there's an old, ugly, big giant cussing their God right down there in the middle of the valley, challenging anybody who will, challenging, come on, come face me. Come on, come get what's coming to you. And nobody would go. You know why? Because in everybody's ear, the devil was saying, can God deliver you from that giant? Can God do this? And everybody was saying, I don't know. I don't think so. But there was one little young man by the name of David who spent time with his Lord out on the hills of Judea watching them sheep. There was a little young man by the name of David who had experience with God, who had experience with difficulty, who had experience with the lion and the bear. And listen, he went down in that valley, and I believe the whole time, the whole time, the devil was saying, can God help you now? Do you see how big he is? Can God get you out of this? Do you see his spear? Can God deliver you from that? Do you see his sword? Can God deliver you? Do you see all them muscles on that big old giant? Can God deliver you? I believe as he knelt down beside that creek, he started gathering them stones. And you say, he, gave, he gathered five smooth stones. You say, why? There was only one giant. You had four brothers. Say amen. And what David was saying, Goliath, you can come get some, and I got some for the rest of your family if they want some too. Say amen. And the whole time, the devil's saying, can God? Can God? Can God? And about that time, listen, David gets that, that, that sling. He starts whipping that thing over his head, and he lets that stone fly. And that stone busts Goliath right between the eyes. Goliath falls forward, and I believe David jumps up and down and says, Let me tell you, world, God can. God can. And he comes up out of that valley carrying Goliath's head, saying, God can, God can, God can. I think about the three Hebrew children who were going, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, listen, going into the fiery furnace. They made that king so mad because they wouldn't bow down. He said, I'm going to heat that furnace seven times hotter than it already is. And this was his exact words. Who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hand? You know what he was saying? Can God? That's exactly what he was saying. 
And listen, they marched into that fire. And the whole time, the devil was probably saying, you're, you've lost your mind. You're trusting in somebody you can't even see. Can God help you now? Boy, you're in a mess now. Can God get you out of this? But after they walked around in the fire, and the only thing that burned on them was the ropes that had them bound. And they walked up out of that fire. They were saying, oh, king, you ask, can God? Well, we're here to tell you, God can. God can. Somebody say amen. Daniel in the lion's den. I could go on and on and on and on. Daniel in the lion's den. If you pray again, if you open those doors and you pray again, we're going to put you in a den of lions. And Daniel said, do what you got to do because I'm going to pray. I'm going to do what's right. They put him in a den of lions. And I'm sure, I am sure the devil was saying the whole time, oh, oh, I know you're praying, but can God deliver you from them lions? Can God deliver you? Can you see the teeth on them scoundrels? Hey, they hadn't been fed in a week. They're going to tear you limb from limb. Can God get you out of this mess you're in after a good night's rest on a pillow of lion hair? Somebody say amen right there. Out he came saying, God can, God can. The disciples, the disciples in the, in the, in the ship, excuse me, I'm just helping myself today. Amen, this is... This is a long intro, but I'm enjoying it. Amen. The disciples in that storm. That storm's cracking. It's raging. I mean, it's got the ship going up and down and sideways, and the, and the rain is going sideways like a, like a sheet of wind. And the devil's saying, can God? I know you've been in storms before, but you ain't been in one like this. Can God? And you know what? When the devil starts doing that, this is how we start feeling. We go to Jesus and say, Carest thou not that we perish? What does that mean? Have you ever been in a place so bad, so bad, that the situation made you feel like God didn't care? Let's be honest. And the devil's saying the whole time, Can God? Well, Jesus steps out on the bow of that boat. He says, peace, be still. And the winds quit. The sea became calm. And he turned around and looked at the disciples and said, hey, guys, God can. God can. I think my favorite out of all of them, and I have some more, but there's a man by the name of Peter who loved Jesus. And, and in his zeal, he said, I'll never, I'll never give up on you. I'll never quit you. I'll never walk. And Jesus said, look, man, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me thrice. You, you don't understand what you're saying. Satan has desired to have that he may sift you as wheat. But I've prayed for thee. In other words, he was warning Peter, Satan's after you. You've got to be careful. You can't get overconfident. You can't get arrogant. You can't get lifted up in pride. You don't even understand what you're saying. I know you mean well. Oh, no, 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 no. And y'all know what happened. In the garden, Peter denied the Lord three times. Before the cock crew, Peter denied the Lord. And in that last denial, the Bible says that Jesus cast his eyes upon him. And Peter's eyes and Jesus' eyes met. And it says that Peter went out and wept bitterly. He went out and wept bitterly. And I studied that out. And that means that you cry so much you have no tears left to cry. Have you ever done that? The situation got so difficult, the problem got so big that you cried all you could cry and you couldn't cry no more. And the devil was saying, you're done. 
You're finished. Everybody saw what you did. Everybody saw and heard what you said. Jesus himself, he saw you deny him. Jesus won't look at you no more. Jesus won't use you no more. Jesus is finished with you, son. I'm telling you, he was telling Peter, can God fix this mess you're in? Boy, Peter's brokenhearted. But just a little while later, to make a long story short, just a few weeks later, there was a man who stood up full of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost with power and glory, and he preached the gospel with the anointing and the touch of God, and thousands of people got saved. And I believe with all of my heart, after the devil said, Peter, can God? I believe the Holy Spirit whispered in Peter's ear, God can, God can, God can. God can change it, God can fix it, He can deliver you, He can do all things. There's so many people who's made mistakes and the devil's haunting them with them. Haunting them with it, saying, you're done, you're finished. Hey, listen, you, you're washed up, and, and they're saying, can God change this situation? Well, you need to stand up. Listen, stretch your shoulders out and say, devil, God can. God can. And all God's people say it. Now, that was the intro. It's pretty good, wasn't it? Amen. Here's the message, and it's quick. I'm going to just give you four quick things, I promise you. I'm hungrier than you are. Say amen. What can God do? I mean, really, what, what, what can God do? Because, see, there are so many things that the devil's telling you he can't do. So what does the Bible teach us that he can do? Well, I believe this. Four things. Just write these things down. If you're taking notes, write this thing. We'll, we'll, we'll pray. Number one. There's no doubt in my mind, according to the scriptures and everything I've studied and everything I've seen in real life, God can save. God can save. I'm glad he can save a good old boy. I am. I, I, was, I was a good old boy. I grew up in church, you know. I wore suits all my whole life. I've gone to Christian school and memorized verses and all this kind of stuff. I didn't really technically do, you know, bad stuff like, like most people. Th- I mean, I, I wasn't no choir boy, but I, I, are y'all with me? I was a pretty good kid. I was. I mean, I, I really was when it, for the big scheme of things. And I'm glad God, I needed salvation just like anybody else. And I'm glad God saves people like that. But I tell you what, I'm glad God saves people that people have given up on. I have, I have always been, I don't know what it is about me, but I attract some different folks. No offense, amen. But I'm telling you, I, there, there's, even in the church in South Carolina, I, I've had people come and, 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 I, and I'm talking about the worst of the worst, if you can imagine. Uh, I, one, one fella, I've told you this story before, uh, 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 Paul Allen Owens, O-P-A, that's, that was his name, P-A. He was a... <laughs> He was rough. I mean, rough. Not rough around the edges. He was rough all the way through the middle. Say amen. He was the captain of the Barmer County Jail. Just a mean guy, a rough guy. Just, just, just a, just a, just a, just a, a, any, it would be the person you wouldn't want to hang around. Well, then another guy, another guy who, who God brought to church named Johnny Atkinson. Johnny, Johnny was a rough guy too. And Johnny was just as mean as Paul Allen. And I, I, I've told you this before, uh, that, that a year or two before they came to church, a year or two before they came to church, they was in a bar fight, 
and, uh, and, and, and P.A. had Johnny down and, uh, and, and was going to explain it to him. Say amen. Y'all with me right there? Uh, he was giving him the right hand of Christian fellowship. Amen. And uh, he said, if you'll just let me go, if you'll just let me go, I'll get my brother and we'll get out of here. And, 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 and I don't even know why he done this because he don't ever give nobody a break. He said, all right, and went to get up. And Johnny come up with a knife. And went to cut P.A. and swung at him, and P.A.'s friend knocked him out of the way, and it cut him from the top right under his ear all the way down to his chin. Are y'all with me? And they're in church. Johnny would sit on the front row, and Paul Allen would sit on the back row. And, and this is, I, I was standing there when they had this conversation. Old Johnny kind of sheepishly looked up at Paul and said, said, Paul, did you ever think we'd be caught in a place like this? Talking about the house of God. Both of them got saved. God changed their lives dramatically. Ever, and let me tell you, when you got people like this to get saved in a little bitty town, it don't take long for word to get around. Y'all ain't going to believe who's going to Long Branch Baptist Church. You're not going to believe. Listen, they got one on the front and one on the back. You know what? That's my favorite kind. My favorite kind to go after is the ones that everybody says it can't be done. Because that's who, listen, Jesus is in love with the unlovable. Jesus wants to fix those that are unfixable. Jesus can save whosoever will. Are y'all with me? Jesus saved a cussing fisherman by the name of Peter. Jesus saved a woman who had a bad reputation at a well. Listen, she'd been married five times and was living with the one she was with. She was looking for love in all the wrong places and met up with Jesus. Say amen. Jesus can save an old lying, thieving, stealing uh, tax collector by the name of Zacchaeus. Stephen, listen, uh, uh, Peter, Jesus can save uh, people who everybody has given up on. He, he saved a, a woman who was demon-possessed named Mary Magdalene. He saved a man who was demon-possessed, running around in the tombs naked, and they tried to chain him. They tried to, they tried to uh, restore him. because The community and the culture tried to fix him, but everything they did failed. Everything they tried failed. But when Jesus came passing by, he didn't need chains. He didn't need programs. He didn't need all the things the world says you got to have. When Jesus came by, the Bible says they found him seated, clothed and in his right mind at the feet of Jesus. Preacher, what are you saying? I don't care who you are. I don't care where you come from. I don't care your background. I don't care your history. I don't care how bad you think you've been. Jesus can save you today. He can save you. And for you that are saved, and you've got a friend, or you've got a family member, or you've got a loved one, you've got a relative that you've done giving up on, well, it's time to rekindle the prayer. It's time to rekindle the fire and start praying again. And know this, that God can. When the devil says he can't, you need to stand up and say, he can. I've seen it. I know it. God can. His hand is not short that he cannot save. His ear is not heavy that he cannot hear. God can do it. Are you glad God can save you? Number two, God cannot only save. I love this one. I love this one. Every, every person needs to get this. God can satisfy. God can satisfy. You, you say, why is that important? Because everybody's trying to get satisfied with drugs and alcohol Immoral relationships, pornography, 
Listen, the devil's offering all kind of stuff trying to satisfy longing and trying to satisfy an appetite. But Jesus came to a well, and a thirsty woman came to that well. You see, she had to come on a regular basis. She came at a bad time. She came in the heat of the day because that's when there was no criticizers there. That's when, that's when the, 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 the good folks didn't come. She came when nobody would come because she needed water. She had a thirst. She had an appetite that she had to quench. But guess what? She had to come over and over and over again. And when she met Jesus, Jesus said, I tell you what, if you knew who you was talking to, You'd ask of me and I'd give you living water and there'd be a well of water springing up into everlasting life. You'd never thirst again. And she said, oh, give me that water. Give me that. You know what he was saying? He was saying the world cannot satisfy. Drugs cannot satisfy. Alcohol cannot satisfy. Running around cannot satisfy. The things of this world, materialism, I don't care what car you drive, I don't care what house you live in, it cannot satisfy a longing soul. There was a man by the name of Solomon, the, rich, the, the, the richest, most powerful, most wise man that has ever lived upon this earth, ever. God allowed him to experience everything this world has to offer. The book of Ecclesiastes tells of his story. And he said, I, if there was to see, I saw it. If there was to do, I did it. If there was to buy, I built it, or, or I bought it. If there was to build, I built it. I experienced everything this world has to offer. And he said, it was vanity, vanity. All is vanity. That means empty. It left me empty. I would buy something, and it still left me empty. I would experience something, wine, women, and song, and it still left me empty. Oh, what I found out is this material things cannot satisfy relationships cannot satisfy drugs cannot satisfy listen alcohol cannot satisfy it'll just leave you wanting more when you sober up you got to go get some more but if you'll ever come to Jesus he said I'll give you a well of water springing up into everlasting life and I can satisfy the longing soul you know the coolest part about that story to me, it's, and most people overlook it and, and, and don't even think about it, but, but, but here she is, here she is, she brings, she brings her burden, <clears throat> she brings her burden, that pot, because she's thirsty, she's needy, oh, she's got a thirst, she, they cannot be satisfied, and oh, when she believes, she believes on Jesus, the Bible says she left her pot and went back to the city, and oh, what you read into that is she, listen, she left her pot and walked off with the well, say amen. She needed the pot no longer because she now had the well. What are you trying to feel in your heart? What longing are you trying to fill with all the things that's left you empty? What hole is in your soul that you're trying to fill with meth? You're trying to fill with alcohol. You're trying to fill with pornography. You're trying to, hey, you're trying to be a workaholic and, boy, if I could just work more hours, I'll forget about my pain. I'll forget about what's hurting me. Oh, no, no, that's not the answer. The answer is to come to God. God says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Are you burdened today? Are you burdened today? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Well, some of y'all need that rest today. You see, the whole time the devil's been telling you, can God? Can God? I know you're going to church, but can God do this? I know you've been reading your Bible, but can God do this? I know, I know, I know you love God, but, but can, 
Can God really fix this? You need to say with authority and confidence, God can. Say it with me. Say it again. God can. God can satisfy. Not only can he save, not only can he satisfy. Number three. I love this one too. I love them all, but I really like this one. God can sympathize. He can sympathize. One of the most one of the most difficult things of life, in my opinion, is having to face a trial and having to face a difficulty and a hard time. And I, I'm not talking about a flat tire. I'm talking about a real tragedy, a real difficult issue and a real difficult situation. And the prevailing feeling that you have is, does God care? Did y'all hear me in the balcony? Does God care? You see, when the, when the, when the disciples was in the boat, and the, and the lightning was flashing and the thunder was rolling and, 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 and the rain was falling. They thought they were going to die. I mean, this was a horrible situation they were in. And they were scared to death in the midst of their fear, in the midst of their frustration. And the devil telling them, oh, how are you going to get out of this? Can God? This is what they did. They came to Jesus. And this was, what, this was the question they gave him. Carest thou not that we perish? In other words, let me translate, this is, this is, this is like we, we say in Alabama. Man, don't you care about what's going on? Don't you care about what we're going through? Don't you care that we're hurting? Don't you care that we're suffering? Oh, God, don't, don't you care? I'm supposed to be your child. You're supposed to, you're supposed to, the, the song says, he loves me like I was his only child. You, you're supposed to love me, and you're supposed to care about me, and, 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 and you're supposed to take care of me. Why am I going through this? Don't you care? Don't, don't you care? The Bible tells a story of Jesus. Jesus and his friends. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Y'all remember when Lazarus died? They came to Jesus, and this was the terminology they used. Whom? The one that you love. Your friend. You remember your, your good friend Lazarus? He's sick, man. And if you don't do something, he's going to die. This is bad. You got to come right away. And Jesus lingered. He didn't come. He didn't get in a hurry. He didn't rush. Aren't you glad you can't get Jesus out of his schedule? And y'all know what happened. Lazarus died. Lazarus died. Martha was frustrated. Mary was frustrated. She came and if you'd have just been here. I've seen you heal the blind. I've seen you heal the lame. I've seen you heal the sick. If you'd have just been here, all you'd have had it done is just been here. He wouldn't have died. And they're broken. Jesus comes into a place. Jesus comes into a place 
where, where Mary and, and all of the mourners are there mourning over the death of Lazarus. Sometimes they would even pay for special mourners to come help them mourn. It was just a tradition. And they were all weeping and they were all broken and they were crying. I went to a funeral Friday. And I, and I, I, w- I was not personally acquainted with the young man. And, 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 and I was trying to keep my composure and, and, and that type of thing. And it was just a, it was just a heart-wrenching deal. Had full uh, honors and, 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 and the flag and the bagpipes and the, and the bell. They toned the bell and they called his number out on the, out on the walkie-talkie. Boy, when they called us, I just started weeping. Boy, my heart went out for those that were broken. And I was thinking, oh, God. And the Bible says that Jesus walked into this arena. He walked into this atmosphere of all this brokenness and all of these people who, whose hearts have been ripped out of their chest. In the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. And, and you, know what, you know what they said? You, you know what the people said? Because they, they really didn't get it. They really didn't understand it. They said, oh, look at it, look at it, look at it. He misses Lazarus so bad. Oh, how he loved Lazarus. Look, look. It had nothing to do with that. He said, how do you know? Because in just a few minutes, he was going to say, show me where he's at. Because I'm bringing him back. He was going to call him forth and heal him and raise him back from the dead. He wasn't, he wasn't crying over Lazarus. He was weeping in the place of those people who were broken so that the verse could be true. The Bible says we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities but was in all points tempted as we are. In other words, we have a Savior who cares. We have a Savior who feels our pain. We have a Savior who feels our hurt. We have a Savior who can sympathize with us. He can feel what we feel. And He wept in the presence of those people so they could know that I am with you and I feel what you feel. And all God's people say it. One of the coolest verses in the Bible. Casting all of your care upon him. For he, say it with me, for he. I looked up those words. Care and careth. It's really two different words. The first word care means distractions. It means distress. Things that disturb. In other words, the things that break your heart, the things that makes tears fall off your face, the things that bring sorrow and pain into your soul. He says, every one of those things I want you to bring to me. And then he gives that second word, careth. If you look that word up, it literally means this. It matters to him. What is that saying? It matters to him whether you're happy. It matters to him whether you're sad. It matters to him whether you're hurting. 
It matters to him whether you're broken. He is not a God who is ostracized from our sorrow and our pain. He is not a God who's up in heaven aloof and not aware of what's going on. He is a God who is aware of my hurting and my pain and my sorrow and my suffering. And I'm glad to know that Jesus can sympathize with everything we experience and everything we go through. Somebody say amen. God can. God can. When the devil tells you he don't care about your marriage situation, that he don't care about your physical need, that he doesn't care about your financial problem, that he doesn't care about what you're going, you tell the devil he's a lie. Because he does care. And God can sympathize. Amen? God, say it with me. Number one, number one, God can. Say it with me with authority, like you mean it, all right? Because if you don't, we'll stay here till 2 o'clock. Number one, God can. Number two, God can. Number three, God can. Number four, I want you to write this down. God can supply. God can supply. And I'm almost done. Let me, let me, let me give you this verse and we'll, we'll pray. An awesome verse in the Bible. The psalmist is, is, he's remembering his life. And, and the psalmist said, I'm old now. He said, I was young. And there's some things that I've learned from the time I was young to now that I'm old. That's what he said. And exactly how it's worded, but that's what he said. He said, I'm, I'm old and I've learned a lot in my, my, my time on this earth. And this is what he said I learned. He said, the time I spent on this earth, I figured this out. I've learned this, that, that he, has, he has never, say that with me. He has, everybody say, he has never seen the righteous forsaken. He has never seen the righteous forsaken. And the psalmist would know this. He has seen the righteous in difficult situations, in difficult positions, in difficult places. But he said, I have never seen him forsaken. Or, or he says, his seed begging bread. You know what? There's been times in my life where I had to eat the ends of the loaf. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You know how when you stick your bag, your hand in the bag and you go over that and get the middle there's been times when you stick your hand in there and there ain't nothing in the middle amen you get the ends and I found out they ain't too bad if you toast it say amen right there we've been in tough times but I cannot remember a time I cannot remember a time when God hadn't come through I cannot. I, I can look back over my life right now. God is my witness. I can, I can look back over my life right now. And uh, Brother Sharp's in here somewhere. I don't, I don't know where he's at. Uh, there he is on the far end. Uh, now, Travis, you remember you remember what it was like over there at Long Branch and, and where we was at over there and, and the situation. And, and I remember, I, I can look back now, and I can think what, what we went through 
and it scares me to death right now. I mean, it'll just send a shiver down my spine thinking, how in God's name was we able to do that? We had, we had Jordan, we had Becca, and Brandy was about this big. We were living in a parsonage, uh, which is basically a house for the preacher, if you're not familiar with that. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of churches, they, they have the church, and they'll build a house right beside it and put the preacher in it. And, uh, and uh, that's rough, say amen right there. Anyway, anyway. And, and, and so, so here I am in the house, and, 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 and here I am uh, with the church there, and, and, and God says, okay, it's time for you to go. I mean, I mean we have nothing. Nothing. Uh, no insurance, no, no, no income, no any, and, 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 and we pick up, and you know what I do? All right, Lord, let's go here, you know. I'm too dumb to realize how dangerous what I'm fixing to do is. I'm just telling you. I was just, and I look back at it now, and I'm thinking, oh, what, how in the world? Never missed a meal. Never, never had to sleep in a tent. Never, I'm talking about God just miraculously provided one step at a time, one day at a time. Just always coming through. Now, I will say this. God usually doesn't do it when I want him to. And God usually doesn't do it how I want him to. But he always does it. And and matter of fact, when he's through doing it, his plan was better than mine. How many, I, I, I hope, I hope this service right here restores my hope in humanity. Because the first service disappointed me. Uh, how many of y'all, how many of y'all like westerns? Raise your hand if you like westerns. God bless you. God bless you. There were so many down, and I know why half them people ain't saved in that first service. That's what the problem is. How many of y'all have ever been watching that western and, and the heroes pinned down? I mean, I mean, where there's arrows flying everywhere, where there's guns going off, I mean, he's pinned down, and it looks bad. It looks like it's all over with but the crime. Say amen. And then all of a sudden, they hear that trumpet sound. And they say, here comes the cavalry. And just in time, the cavalry shows up. Can you imagine the feeling? In that old cowboy's heart, when he hears that trumpet, I've had those feelings I can't tell you how many times. When I thought, oh, Lord, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? How are we going to supply this need? And, man, when, it was, when, when we thought it was all over but the crime, here come the Calvary. And God provided in ways that's beyond, I can't even describe. Well, one word, one good word that we find in our Bible, marvelous. Marvelous. I want to ask you a question. I don't know who's all here today. <clears throat> Being the fourth, I didn't think anybody would be here today, to be honest with you. But I'm glad you're here. And it's not a mistake that you're here today. It's not a mistake this word was given today. Because I, I, would, I, would, I would bet, I, not bet, I would guarantee <clears throat> that there is a lot of people that's in this building right now, who this week the devil has said, 
how are you going to get out of this? And the devil said, can God fix this? Whether it be a doctor's appointment, whether it be a tragedy that took place, whether it be a financial issue, whether it be an addiction problem, whether it be a relational issue, a relationship, a marriage, whatever it might be, the devil's been hounding your back telling you, how are you going to get out of this? See, it's done gone. And, and by the way, by the way, let me say this, just, just throw this in. I ain't going to charge you for this one. You say, preacher, you don't know what's going on in my marriage. It's too late. Well, guess what? You know what they told Jesus about Lazarus? It's too late. Matter of fact, this is what they said. They didn't just say it's too late. They said, that old boy's stinking by now. Isn't that what he said? I want to ask you questions. Your marriage stinking right now? Is, is your bank account stinking right now? Is your health report that you just got from the doctor, is it stinking right now? Well, guess what? You've run into somebody who don't care. Because it's not beyond his ability. Amen. God can. I come to tell you today, God can. Preach, I messed up. So did Peter. And God fixed his situation. It seemed bad, and it broke his heart. And he cried to the point he couldn't cry no more. But when God was finished, God fixed it. And I want to do this. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. I, 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 want, I want folks to come. They're going to play in just a minute, but I, we, we got plenty of time. I, I want you to come to this altar because I want to pray for you. If you've got a, a, a God can need, I want you to come right now. I'm, I'm going to pray over everyone that comes to this altar. Maybe it's a financial issue. Maybe it's a marriage problem. Maybe it's a physical problem. I know there's some that's gotten some bad news from the doctor this week. Maybe, maybe it's an issue there. Maybe it's a problem at work. Maybe it's a problem at home. Maybe it's one of your children. Whatever it might be, I want you to come right now. As they're playing softly, I want you to come and find a place in this altar. Just gather around, and I want to pray for you. Whatever, that, whatever it is that the devil's telling you that God can't, I want to pray in your spirit that God can. That's it. Come on. Just gather around. Gather around. Find a place. Find a place. Let's just take a moment and come to God and, and, and believe and know that God can. God can. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. That's it. Come on. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. We're going to ask today. We're going to ask that God will fix. We're going to ask that God will heal. We're going to ask that God will help. We're going to ask that God will change. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you. Lord, we're well acquainted with grief. We're well acquainted with sorrow. We know what it feels like to hurt. We know what it feels like to be bewildered. We, we know what it feels like to be confused. God, we know what it feels like to not know what's going on or what the, what the future holds or what next step to take. But God, we're putting our trust in you right now, believing that you can. That you can save, that you can change, that you can fix, that you can put back together what is broken. You can repair what has been destroyed. You can lift up the, the fallen. You can, you can supply for the needy. Lord, there's people from one end of this altar to the other that's begging for that belief and that assurance right now that you're going to move in their situation. 
You're going to move in their prayer. You're going to move in their life. You're going to move in their marriage. You're going to move in their health. You're going to move in their finances. God, we can't just come and preach this stuff and not believe it and not apply it and not go home knowing that this is fact, this is truth, that God can. And I pray that everyone here will leave knowing that God can. No matter what, God can. And I pray that your, your, Lord, your mercy will be felt and your hope will be given. God will praise you and thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to sing a verse of invitation. Brother Jay.